Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. Uh, We want to get into the Word of God today in the third in the series, How to Recover from a Wounded Spirit. Now your spirit may not be wounded today, and I pray that it isn't, because that's a dangerous, dangerous place to be in. It's a place of doubt. It's a place of discouragement. It's a place that can lead to absolute despair. And when you hit that place, uh, it begins to affect you so spiritually uh, that it will allow you as a Christian to find yourself in a deep dark pit, a hole, uh, something that David called, uh, he had delivered me from the horrible pit. And if you're in clinical depression, if you're, I don't mean just having a bad day and not feeling uh, like you ought to feel or feeling up. If you're just feeling down, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that deep, dark place that you can get into and I can get into as a Christian. You say, well, David didn't have the Holy Spirit. David didn't have the New Testament. Well, Paul had the Holy Spirit. Paul not only was had, he was writing the 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. Listen to what Paul said in, in his letter to the Corinthians. He said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning the trouble we experienced in Asia, how we were pressed beyond measure and despaired of life itself, that we might learn not to trust in ourself, but in God who raises the dead. Amen. He had to learn how to get out of that place. I wish he could learn and we could learn and there could be a way to learn how to never, ever, ever get in that place. But you would have to be one of two things, subhuman or superhuman. And I'm going to remind you today that you may be on a mountaintop today, but you are not subhuman. You will feel discouragement. You will experience it at some point. And you are not superhuman. You won't just blow it off. You need to know what I need to know and what I had to discover in my life. And that's how to climb out of a hole, not never get in it. Now, God would would that we never got in it, that our faith would be that perfect. But I'm going to tell you right now, we live in a fallen world and we live in faulty bodies. And the spirit may be willing, but the flesh is and always will be weak. Now, when Paul learned the lesson, he didn't go back in the whole lot. I like what David said. David said, he lifted me from the miry clay. He pulled me out of a pit that I couldn't get out of. I could not climb out myself, but God pulled me out. Amen. See, you have to reach up by faith when God reaches down. God will always reach down. There's a song. Oh, it's a camp meeting, hand clapping, foot stomping, devil whooping song that says if he has to reach way down. Jesus will lift you up, and he will. My dad used to sing, used to play on the fiddle of that old hymn, I was lost and undone without God and his Son when the Savior 
reached down for me when he reached way down for me. I'm going to tell you if you're down in that hole of discouragement today and despair, hallelujah, God is not saying to you, if you can't run with the big dog, stay on the porch. He's not saying if you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. You know what he's saying to you? He's saying, I'm reaching out to you. I'm reaching way down to right where you are. And if you will just, with a mustard seed of faith, reach up and take hold of my hand, I will pull you out. And But he wants to help us know the principles that we need to do on our end and that we can do no matter how deep the despair may be. That's why this is the third in a series of how to recover from a wounded spirit. Proverbs 18.14 says, and, and I want to make this very clear today, it can, I'm not saying it will happen to you, I'm saying it could happen to you. And if it does, you may be on a mountaintop, you may be living on the top of that mountain experience. But if you do ever find yourself in a valley, this is going to be important to you. The spirit of a man will indeed sustain his infirmity but a wounded spirit who can bear in psalm 77 as we've been studying asaph was wounded spiritually he will absolutely talk about being overcome and how that affected him spiritually as well as emotionally and it will affect you physically any doctor will tell you living in discouragement and despair will affect you not only emotionally and psychologically but also physically listen Psalm 77, a psalm of Asaph. Let me just highlight some things here in this psalm. You can read it. I have read it in the previous messages. A wounded spirit cannot find comfort in God. Verse 2. My soul refused to be comforted. I thought about God. I remembered and was troubled. I complained. Listen to the second thing. A wounded spirit is filled with discouragement. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. It's when he began to express that discouragement by complaining. Isn't that something? When they complained in the wilderness, that's when the serpents came and bit them and God used uh, an, uh, actually a type and foreshadow of Jesus uh, to take a brazen serpent lifted up on a pole, a stick of wood, and they that looked were healed. Even though they opened the door for what happened to them, God showed them a way to be delivered from their own foolishness and their own lack of faith and their own folly. They gave place to the devil, but God, in His love and mercy for them, gave them a way out of that that place that He would have destroyed thousands, tens of thousands of them. They were all bitten. The poison was in them. But God delivered them. I tell you, we serve a good God today that'll pull you out of that hole. Amen. If you will just lift up your faith 
to Him today. You say, I don't even feel like it's any use. See, that's a wounded spirit. There is a reason to lift up your faith. The devil tell you don't have any faith and you'll believe him for a season. He's a liar. He's the father of it. Praise God. Amen. If you didn't have faith, you wouldn't have even gotten saved in the first place. And the same faith that got you saved can get you set free. Hallelujah. Amen. A wounded spirit's filled with discouragement and despair. Listen. I remembered God in verse 2 and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Number three, both our prayers and our profession of faith are lost. He said, I'm so troubled I cannot speak. Many translators would say, because he's already speaking to complain, isn't he? <laughs> so he's talking. He, he's, he, he, he's, he's, opening his mouth to complain about all of the circumstances, situations, all of the problems, all of the confusion, all of the fear, all of the doubt. He's speaking doubt and fear. But literally here, I cannot speak would mean in one translation that I believe is correct, I cannot pray. I, that what, when you're in that place of deep despair and, and discouragement, you feel like prayer is useless because you're in a hopeless situation. You're giving up hope in God and therefore faith in God. A wounded spirit questions God's love and faithfulness. Verse five through nine. Let me, I'm going to, I'm going to take the time to read that. He said, I consider the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with my own heart and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord, will the Lord cast us off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forever? You see, you get in a place when you're wounded spiritually, when it touches your spirit, where you, 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 you can't even take hold of the promise. Somebody's going to give you a promise of God to, to take hold of by faith. And you're going to question, I don't know if he keeps his promises anymore. That's that dangerous place to get in. Verse nine, hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. Listen, that's a terrible, deep, dark place of despair to be in but here is three things that i will encourage you to do through the through the scripture it's what asaph did to get out of that place hallelujah and number one is to remember what god has done Oh, by the way, if you're thinking, oh, this is Old Testament Asaph, this is not a New Testament born-again person filled with the Holy Ghost, got the, listen, listen, the Apostle Paul said this in his letter to the first Corinthians, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning the trouble we experienced in Asia, how we were pressed beyond measure and despaired of life itself. That's a dark, deep place to get in. 
And thank God he got out. He said that we might learn not to trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Hallelujah. Listen, anyone, a spirit-filled Christian, a Bible-reading, Bible-believing Christian, can find themselves in circumstances that is overwhelming. And David said it this way, going back to the old covenant, when my soul is overwhelmed within me, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Amen. For the Lord hath been a refuge for me and a shelter for me and a refuge from mine enemies. Amen. We need to remember, number one, to come out of that deep, dark place. We need to remember what God has done. And he said in verse 11, I will remember the works of the Lord. I will remember thy wonders of old. The reason that a generation became doubting and defeated is because they forgot the faithfulness of God and the works of God that brought them out of Egypt. Listen to Psalm 78, 40 through 42. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? If you want to know some of the things that grieved the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, look at the things that grieved God here. Listen, how oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Verse 42 said, They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. One paraphrase said they forgot his love and power when he brought them out of Egypt. If they had rehearsed that in the midst of a difficult circumstance when we experience the dark cloud of doubt, it's easy to forget that God is truly faithful no matter how things look. We must remember God's past miracles and deliverances. We must rehearse them. And the result of rehearsing the victories of the past, listen, will give us faith for the present and hope for the future. Faith for the present and hope for the future. Deuteronomy 7 and verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him, and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. That affects you and I right now, today. Hallelujah. If God ever did it, He will do it again. Amen. Hallelujah. Because He's the Lord God of Israel and He changes not in the Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, it is Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is consistent to His holy character. Hallelujah. Asaph doubted that. You used to do things. You used to answer prayer. You used to deliver. But you don't anymore. And I can't. What's Why pray? Because God don't do this. God's not merciful anymore. God, God's love has failed. God's promises have failed. That's a wounded spirit. Dangerous place to be in. But when we begin to remember that if he ever did it, he'll do it again. And not because he changes not. 
<laughs> Say it with me. God changes not. Praise God. He's the Lord God of Israel who changes not. And Jesus Christ is the same. See, he's consistent to his revealed character. If, so, so, so he's, he's the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he'll be the same forever. Praise God throughout all eternity. He changes not. Glory be to God. That's why the Bible said, well, well, we don't look at the things which we see because they are subject to change. We look at the things which are unseen beginning with God himself. <laughs> Hallelujah. The, who, because he changes not. The things that we see are temporal, literally subject to change. But we look at the things which are unseen. God is a spirit we can't see, but he is more real than anything we see because he's created everything that we see. Hallelujah. And he changes not. And we get a hold of that that is not subject to change. And that becomes our rock when everything else is shaking and everything else is trembling and everything else is crumbling, we stand on the rock hard truth that God changes not. If he ever did it, he'll do it again. <laughs> and if he ever did it for anyone, he'll do it for you and me. Because not only does he change not, God is no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. In him there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male nor female, in terms of our relationship to him. Because we've been reconciled to him and we stand at the foot of the cross, not as Jews or Greeks, not as bond or free, not as male nor female, but one in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. This is so important to remember today. God doesn't change. He is faithful to his character of holiness. Amen. He is faithful to love consistently. Praise God. And that's why his covenant and mercy to them that love him and keep his commandments. That doesn't mean keeping the law perfectly. It means having a heart to obey and and seeking to be obedient, to give heed to his word to a thousand generations. And that means you and I are in a generation that is the recipient of God's covenant love this very day. If he ever did it, dear friend, he'll do it again. And if he ever did it for anyone, he'll do it for you and me. Because he's no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. We need to remember. We need to remember and to rehearse these great victories and these faithful responses of God. We need to remember the parting of the Red Sea. The destruction of Pharaoh's army. The manna from heaven. The water from the rock, the meal barrel that never went empty, the crucible oil that never ran out, the ravens that fed the prophet, the giant fell by a shepherd boy, the deliverance of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because of the fourth man in the fire, Daniel 
in a lion's den. The lions can't open their mouth because God sent an angel. The walls of Jericho falling flat when they shouted, Hallelujah, victory. Gideon's 300 who routed this great allied army coming up against Israel. The axe head that swam. I, I didn't say it just floated to the top. It swam like a fish. Iron swam because God acted on it. That's the God we serve today. This is not a different God. It seems like we had a mighty God in the Old Testament and a puny God in the New Testament. That's not so. God is the same. Christ is the same. All that's changed is the church. The church doesn't believe this God acts and moves today just like he did in response to trust and faith. Amen. We need to get that back. Can I hear an amen? Somebody out there, somebody out there say amen, at least in your spirit today. I know I can't hear you. Feedback. Can't get the feedback. Amen. Right now. But I believe God is listening to hear an amen in your heart and mind today. My God is the same God. I don't serve a lesser God. And I don't serve, and the covenant I'm under in the New Testament is not a lesser covenant than they were under. It is a bigger, better covenant. Hallelujah. For the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than the blood of bulls and goats. Amen. Hallelujah. We have a better covenant established on better promises established on a, on a better sacrifice. The final and most perfect sacrifice, the sacrifice that was the apex and the climax of all the type and foreshadow sacrificial system was when Jesus, the Lamb of God, was offered on the cross for you and for me. The blood of Jesus speaks of better things. And by the way, the old covenant wasn't bad. Amen. The, the psalmist said, David said in Psalm 103, what shall, first he said, what shall I render to God for all his benefits unto me? And Psalm 103 answers that question. He answers it. Amen. Bless the Lord. O my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name and forget not his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities, (laughs) heals all thy diseases, satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles, and delivers thy soul from destruction. That's not a bad covenant. If we just had a hold of that today, amen, we would have a victory that would be un paralleled in the old covenant because not only would we have that we would have that that the blood of jesus has accomplished we didn't lose something when jesus went to the cross we gained more hallelujah we we didn't lose the god that did all this in response to david's faith and anyone's faith who would believe him 
Amen. We didn't lose something when Jesus went to the cross. We gained something. And it wasn't just the spiritual aspect of that, but the practical, personal healings and deliverances that God granted. He's still the same today. Amen. It would seem that we lost something under the old covenant that, that is, is, is not ever going to happen in the new covenant. I believe that is a very, listen, if I didn't believe that, if my parents went to a church that believed that the days of the miracles are over, I would have died. I would have died years and years and years and years ago, decades ago. At eight going on nine, I was diagnosed with leukemia. They first treated me for for uh, uh, anemia until the blood test came back and showed why. And that, that was because of leukemia, cancer of the blood. And we went to a church in Tampa that had church seven days a week. Can you imagine that? People hungry enough for God to attend church seven days a week. <laughs> Amen. I, I I still I still remember the night that they took me for prayer because the doctor literally said and this was before I don't even know if they had bone marrow transplants. I knew we had I didn't know I know now we didn't have enough insurance to afford any any great medical uh, treatments. So the doctor said in it is it's in its advanced stage when we get him to the point when he gets to the point that 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 he's literally dying as and this is communicated by my mom and dad i'm i'm eight years old uh, uh, seven eight years old then we'll get him admitted to the county hospital and when he gets in the county hospital they can help him to go on out uh, without so much pain and discomfort. That's all they had to offer. And that's why they took me to a church that was in revival. And a church that it was being preached that Jesus Christ was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And therefore the sick could be healed. It was a church that practiced what they preached because they anointed with oil. They laid hands on the sick that the Lord might raise them up. That's the kind of atmosphere that they took me into as a child with a, a prognosis of just dying before I reached eight or, the last part of eight or nine years of age. Friend of mine, I'm so glad that there was still someone that believed that Jesus was the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God. Amen. And God gloriously healed me. They wrote it off and they wrote it down on the report. And when they took me back to the doctor, when I was just healed completely and the blood test verified it, spontaneous remission. Men and women of science have a problem with the supernatural. I get that. I do not get it when men of the cloth and women of the cloth have the same issue. I do not get it when there are preachers that do not believe in the resurrection. Literally preachers that have graduated from Bible colleges that question whether or not Jesus bodily, physically rose from the dead. 
that that question whether the supernatural can occur without us being able to figure it out same as the scientist and the and the super intelligent folk that that if they can't figure it out well it just couldn't happen if science can't explain it it couldn't happen oh friend of mine I'm glad I serve a God that supersedes all that science allows and all that physics physics allow. I, I don't I don't understand how He does it. I don't need to understand how He does it. I don't understand how many things in this high tech age work. But I don't let that stop me from using them. I don't understand. Uh, I don't have a, an understanding of, of how a microwave works, but I bake my potato in it. <laughs> I don't bake it. Actually, I nuke it. <laughs> Hallelujah. It don't stop me from using it. I, I don't know. I don't know all the, all of the, the technology that goes into Bluetooth and, and, and this computer I'm sitting at, but I use it. I don't have to understand it to use it. You know what? I know it works. I know it works. That's all I need to know to use it. I don't have to figure it out. And people trying to figure out a God who is infinitely amen, above what our brain could even handle. But He exists. He's invisible, and yet He's viable. He's invisible, and yet He's powerful. He's invisible, and yet He's personal. Praise God. Amen. He's God. God is a spirit. And because He is, He's not limited by anything in the physical material world. And I thank God for it. Amen. He did shut to the mouth of the lions. He sends angels. Glory be to God. He, He cast out demons. There's a supernatural dynamic to this entire world. Amen. The devil has demons. God has angels. The devil has power. God has all power. And Christ said it. I have all power in heaven and earth has been all of it. Not most of it. Not some of it. But all of it has been given me. And I behold I give you power. Over all the power of the enemy. I know we're talking about principles to get out of a wounded spirit, but this is part of it today. Amen. We need to rehearse and remember that God is almighty God today. Hallelujah. And because he is, we can trust him to do what we could never do because he is still able and faithful to deliver you out of the deep, dark place you may find yourself in today. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. If he has to reach way down, the song says, the camp meeting song of old, if he has to reach way down, Christ will lift you up. If he has to reach way down, it doesn't matter. God can and will reach you. And knowing that, I pray you will have the faith to just lift up your heart to him, your life to him, and take hold of the hand that is reaching down to take hold of you. And let him lift you out 
today. Amen. I guarantee you, if you lift him up in your heart, he will lift you out. And he will bring you out. Remember what God has done. And remember, if he ever did it, he will do it again. And if he ever did it for anyone like he did for Asaph and David, he'll do it for you. David said, he lifted me. I was in a hole too, he said, but he lifted me from the miry clay, put my feet upon a rock, (laughs) put a song in my mouth. The humble shall hear thereof, and they'll be glad. You see, if he ever did it for me, it will encourage others. He will do it for them. And that word humble means the crushed, the broken. Not that virtue of humility. This is, this is being crushed by the pressures, the problems, the persecutions. Just being crushed. And he said, listen, he pulled me out. And when people hear how he pulled me out and established me, they will be glad. They'll be encouraged. So be encouraged today. God loves you. If you don't know Jesus, come to Him. He will pull you out of Satan's prison house. Set your feet on a rock. Keep His covenant of love to you. And take you home when He comes. <laughs> 